Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast, A Movie Theater Mom, and this is a podcast where it's all about movie commentaries here. This week, we are wrapping up our Harry Potter series with our part one of our final two movies, Deathly Hallows Part One. Now, I did work this movie, but I also saw this movie in IMAX, which was insane, and I highly recommend that if anybody can go see a movie in IMAX, you do it. I honestly wish we still had one super close to us. I don't think we do anymore because it's just so great. You feel like you're actually in the movie, and it's just awesome. I just can't rave about it enough. I also remember that my friend that I went with when I went to go see this movie, she dressed up in Hogwarts garb. I did not because I am not that cool, but um, I remember everybody was just super stoked about this movie. One, because it was coming to an end, and two, this was the very first franchise, I believe, that split their last movie into two, which then, you know, we get the rolling of every other movie splitting their final movie into two twilight uh hunger games many many more i am blanking right now but there's many more than that and so this was also just like you know this was a big movie for everybody this is kind of like their childhood was ending and everybody was just super stoked to just start it out and why am i still rambling let's just get into this movie Okay, to start it off, welcome back. I know I've kind of been on hiatus. I had a lot going on. I had taken a vacation to actually have a cleancation with my husband and just had a lot going on with my kid. You know, I've got a toddler and we are switching to a toddler bed and just lots of new changes in her life. So that makes, you know, podcasts be put on the back burner. So apologies for this being late, but we are just going to dive right into it. I don't have any really new stars to talk about for this go around um we do get to meet a new minister of magic which is bill nighy aka davy jones from pirates of the caribbean he will always be davy jones i know he's also in underworld which is what my husband um says he'll always be known for and then we also have luna's dad and i'm not even going to try to say his name because i'm going to butcher it but he plays dr connors in the amazing spider-man And he's also in The Replacements, along with many, many more. Um, And that's really all on the top of my head that I have. We're really, honestly, like I just said, we're wrapping this whole movie up. So we're not really adding a whole new, a whole lot of new people to the mix, which is great. I appreciate that so much. Um, Oh, also, um, Donald Gleason is in this movie. He plays Bill, which is Ron's older brother, um, which I thought he was perfect for the role perfect ginger to be cast in this movie um but with all that being said let's just get straight into it i'm probably going to ramble more than i normally do just because it's been a hot minute since i've done an episode so bear with me everybody (laughs) um we start out this movie um honestly pretty sad uh we see hermione and harry and ron they're all um making changes in their life hermione honestly makes the biggest change and the biggest sacrifice fight me on it I don't care she makes her parents forget who she is and that to me is a just we don't even talk about it we don't even talk about the sacrifice that that girl made like she left her home and is probably never going to see her parents again and that's just it breaks my heart every time that I watch it Harry on the other hand he tells his aunt and uncle to leave they were kind of terrible so I didn't really feel bad that he was losing them 
so no skin off my back in there and then with ron he doesn't lose anything his parents know exactly what's going on they're in on the plan of what's going on so nothing really changes for him and that kind of comes into play later because i love ron i'm a ron stan but he's kind of a whiny baby in this movie and i will not change my mind about that he really frustrates me in this movie and that's why it kind of becomes the harry and hermione movie because Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about it here in just a second. But like I said, they're all, you know, preparing for their journey to leave home, all that good jazz. Um, Snape, on the other hand, is meeting with Voldemort and the other Death Eaters. So that's not good. We love Snape. We want Snape to be good, but he is just not. He is making really poor decisions in his life right now. And they're trying to figure out a plan to kill Harry Potter and they know that they are going to try to move him from the Dursley home to a safe house. And they have someone on the inside that knows the plan, but Snape is telling him that that's the wrong plan, that they're going to move him on a different night. So it kind of makes you think, oh, is Snape trying to be a good guy, or did he just get crappy information? Who's to say? (laughs) But they're actually at the Malfoy's house, and I'm just going to be honest, Lucius Malfoy looks rough in this movie and i get he's been through a tough time but the man doesn't even look like he's taking a shower like you have a wife and a son who look perfectly normal i mean they look upset but they look normal so you can at least put yourself just slightly together slightly but that's not our biggest concern in this whole situation our biggest concern is that voldemort wants to kill harry potter but he can't because their wands, remember from the first movie, they're made from the same, some something similar. So they're basically twins. They're twin wands and they can only disarm. They can't kill one another. So Voldemort has to find a new wand so that he can remedy that. He steals Lucius's wand and it doesn't work. I'll get to that here in a second. But then we find out that he is has a um hogwarts professor hostage and she apparently is the professor that teaches muggle studies and he's like he she thinks we should mate with these muggles da, da, da. it's just it's really tacky and we don't have time for it and he ends up killing her and she is begging for her life and snape's and she's begging to snape saying severus we're friends and then he kills her and then has his massive snake eat her so all around number one he's a terrible person and i hate snakes i oh god and that snake may, makes me so uncomfortable and there's a scene later in this movie that i always skip through because i just oh i can't it's nasty it's nasty so like i said before they have a whole plan to move harry to a safe house so the whole crew shows up we got mad eye we got tonks lupin everybody weasleys fred george ron harry hermione bill and fleur Remember Fleur from Goblet of Fire? She has made her return, and she is engaged to a Weasley. Ironic? I think not. (laughs) But then we also meet um, Madungus Fletcher. He's really... He is important, and he's also not. Like, he is literally just an annoyance in this movie, and is only in the movie for probably a total of ten minutes. And he manages to annoy the shit out of me. But the plan is that they are all... Half of them... Are going to turn into Harry with apologies potion. So I believe it's Hermione, Ron, Fred, and George 
Fleur, and I think that's it. And they all take the apologies potion to turn into Harry. Harry is not for this plan, but he, they don't really care. They have to get this done. This is the best way they feel. And so they all drink this apology potion. They get with their people to set off on this grand adventure to escape from the Dursleys. And Harry's with Hagrid. Obviously, Fleur's with Bill. Ron is with Tonks. Um, I don't even remember who all goes with who. Uh, one of the twins is with Lupin. The other twin is with um, the dad, Arthur. And I, I honestly can't remember. I think I got it all except for, um, oh, Moody is with Madungus because he doesn't trust him. And Madungus is also another one who drinks Apologies Potion. So they, like I said, they all set off on this grand adventure and it goes horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. And what I mean by that is Voldemort does catch up with them. The Death Eaters do catch up with them. They have an all out brawl. Voldemort tries to kill Harry again, but he is able to defend himself, even though he's kind of knocked out, and then breaks the new wand that Voldemort stole from Lucius Malfoy. So, obviously, that plan isn't going to work. And then, um, ugh, I just hate even talking about this. Hedwig tries to protect Harry and also ends up dying. It's very fast, and it's very, like, you blink and you miss it, but it's still gut-wrenching and sticks with you till the end of time. And then we make it back to the burrow. The burrow is actually our safe place. And so happy to see that it is still standing because it caught on fire in the last one. And I thought it was just going to burn to the ground and I was just going to cry and never be over it. But it is still standing and Molly is there and so is Jenny, but we'll, we'll get over that. Harry and Hagrid make it back first and then they freak out because nobody else has made it back. And then all of a sudden Lupin shows up with George and he's bleeding well apparently he blocked a curse but he still loses an ear so then they think that there is a mole in the group well that mole would be madungus because moody also dies and you don't see it it's off camera but it's still it's gut-wrenching even though he's he was important in the fourth one but then they kind of just let his character fall to the side he was still a really funny grumpy old man you love to love him but Madungus apparently apparated after that happened, so he was for sure the mole. It's not even a question. So once we figured all that out, and everybody's home, safe, sound, and Harry starts to dream again about Voldemort, he's letting him in his head again. He's saying that he is looking for something in particular, and he needs Mr. Ollivander, the wand maker, to help him with that. So he kidnaps this poor old man, and needs him to help him find a wand, basically. A special wand that can kill Harry Potter. And he finds out which one that is later on. And I will get to that momentarily. But then Harry decides he's just going to up and leave everybody. Ron goes after him. And he's like, what are you doing? And Harry's like, I'm not letting anybody get hurt or die because of me. And Ron's like, it's a little too late for that. He goes, what about the wedding? Everything like that. Because like I mentioned before, Bill and Fleur are engaged and they are getting married literally the next day. And Harry's like, I don't really care about the wedding. I don't care about anything else. I've got to go find these horcruxes and how to destroy them. And Ron's like, you can't do that by yourself. And he's like, well, come with me then. And he's like, and leave Hermione. He goes, we'd be dead in two days. And that is the smartest thing that that man has ever said 
in these movies. <laughs> because I've said it from the beginning, these boys would not last a day without Hermione Granger. She runs the show. Point blank. Period. End of discussion. So Harry decides to stay. Ron convinces him. And then, like I said, the next day, Bill and Fleur are getting married. They're setting up at the borough, setting up their tents, everything like that. We have a Harry and Ginny moment. And I just, I don't care. I'm sorry if everybody cares about them. I don't. They're very bland to me. He has more chemistry with Hermione and that's not even the one he's trying to get with. So that's just, I, I've said my piece about it many times. We're going to move on. The Minister of Magic shows up, and I guess I am an idiot or don't remember this. I thought Cornelius Fudge was the Minister of Magic, but then we have this dude, Bill Nighy, and I can't remember the guy's actual name in the movie, but they said that he's the Minister of Magic, so I don't know if I missed something or they just recasted. I, I don't I don't know because, well, they have different names, so he didn't recast, so I don't know. If anybody knows, let me know because I can't remember, but anyways... He shows up to give Harry, Ron, and Hermione gifts that Dumbledore had left them. And one of them would be Ron gets the Deluminator. So what that does is it takes light out of a room, also puts light back into a room. It's pretty cool. And then Hermione gets a book, The Beetle and the Bard. And Harry gets the snitch that he won in his first Quidditch game along with the sword of Godric Gryffindor, which they don't give him because they said that it is not Dumbledore's to give. And also they don't know where it is. They said it's been stolen. So, and what bothers me about that is he doesn't seem phased by that. He's like, oh, it's missing. And then we move on. I'm like, that seems like an important artifact that probably shouldn't be lost, but not my job to keep up with it. Uh, when he hands Harry the snitch, though, he gets, like, really excited, like something's gonna happen, and then when he touches it, nothing happens, and he's like, oh, well, okay, cool, I guess I'm gonna go. And I'll explain why that is later. But right now we got a wedding to get to, and it's a pretty cool wedding. Wizard weddings are pretty cool, wish I could've had one. At this wedding, we get to meet Luna's dad. We also get to meet, um... Oh gosh, he writes um, articles about Dumbledore and I cannot remember his name nor the crazy lady that Harry talks to at the table who seems like that nosy lady that just knows everything about everybody. Um, she ends up talking to him and informs Harry about how Dumbledore had a brother and Harry also learns about Bethilda Bagshot. She lives in Godric's Hollow, which is where Harry was born. And he also finds out that that's where Dumbledore was born too. And... Um, it's just, we figure out that Harry actually doesn't know that much about Dumbledore, especially as much as he thought that he did. And I think he kind of starts to second guess himself and why he's doing what he's doing, risking his life to complete a mission that Dumbledore started. In the middle of the wedding, though, they receive this message saying that the ministry has fallen, that the minister of magic is dead. And that they're coming. I'm assuming that they're coming means that the Death Eaters are coming. Because all of a sudden, they just pop. They're there. Start killing everybody, blowing the place up. Setting fire to stuff. It's madness. And Harry tries to go save Ginny. Lupin's like, no, you need to go. We, we've got it. Don't worry, the important people are fine. Right, right now. In this movie. 
Um, so Harry, Ron, and Hermione end up apparating to London because Hermione's like, this is the first place I could think of. And they were like, we've got to get off the street. We've got to change clothes. Got to kind of get incognito, which how can you be incognito when the boy has a scar on his forehead that everybody knows about? And he is topic number one in everybody's discussion book. They're worried because they're like, oh, we don't have any clothes. We don't have anything. And Hermione's like, no, I got it covered because she has a basically like a Mary Poppins bag, but a very smaller little pouch condensed version it's basically a never full bag like it is just never ending and she it's just amazing because she packs everything she's got books and she's got clothes and she's got everything that they could possibly need for this trip and she's like i've had it planned and packed for days she goes i just didn't know when we would be when we were leaving and i'm like you go girl like i said before y'all know they would never survive without this girl they go to like this coffee shop to discuss the plan and what they're going to do. And then all of a sudden these two Death Eaters just show up. How they knew they were there, I don't know. Be And they, of course, they beat them and they wipe their memories and everything like that. And he's like, well, he goes, it's got to be the trace. And they're like, no, the trace is gone when you turn 17. Because that's the whole reason that they had to do the apologies potion in the beginning was because he had this trace on him where like basically if he sneezed the ministry would know about it and i don't talk about this a lot harry has the worst birthdays ever like they're awful like on this birthday like they're at this happy wedding and then all of a sudden you know destruction happens and then he gets he has to apparate from this wedding and nobody can know where he is it's just the poor boy I, i would be angsty too if i was him so then they decide that they have to find somewhere else to go so they head to Sirius's house or you know where the order of the phoenix would stay this is where they find out that rab the one who stole the real horcrux the real locket is Sirius's brother regulus and creature was actually supposed to destroy it but when mr regulus as he calls him died and creature said he couldn't do it everything he tried it wouldn't work and then it got stolen from the house and who stole it may you ask madungus fletcher like i said earlier this man is literally in this movie just for annoyance because they send creature to go and find him and then when he pops back up dobby's back that's the best part about this whole thing dobby and creature bring him back to the house and he informs them that he gave the locket to some lady so that he wouldn't get arrested and they're like well which lady was it and he points to the paper and he's like it's that lady right there and it's the bitch's back because it's freaking dolores umbridge i just you thought you were rid of her in the fifth one and just kidding she's back and she's helping run things at the ministry of magic which is just not a good thing for anyone involved But I'm going to go back for a second because, you know, like I said, Dobby's back. And we love Dobby, even though he's also kind of annoying. He's a cute annoying. But he pops in and he's got these cute little booties on. And I just think it's so precious. He wears them the whole time. And I'm like, oh, he was gifted a sock in the second one. And now he just goes around wearing shoes all the time. And it's just precious. I just love him. We found out some quick little snippets um, that we found out that Harry is wanted. He is number one wanted for everyone there are flyers going around with his face on it all that good jazz 
Uh, Hermione also lets him know that the snitch has flesh memories, and that will come into play later, if anybody remembers how Harry caught his first snitch. So the Golden Trio decides that in order to go and get close to Umbridge, they have to disguise themselves as people that work for the Ministry of Magic. So they basically knock these people out, these random people off the street, and use Pology's potion to turn themselves into them and make their way into the Ministry of Magic. And I mean, it goes about as well as you would expect it to. Um, Ron, the guy that he is portraying, his wife is apparently downstairs being interrogated. And then you got Hermione's woman that she's portraying works for Umbridge. And then the dude that Harry's portraying just is, you know, Lottie Daw. He just gets to go walking around. He makes it to Dolores's office, and that's where he sees she's got Moody's eye, like, hanging on her door, like, as decor. It, it's just creepy on a hundred levels. He also finds these files in her office of everybody that they're tracking, which is, you know, him, Hermione, Ron everyone and then she's also got people crossed out who have died like moody and dumbledore and it's just just nasty it's tacky 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 lady but what he doesn't find is the locket and he's kind of getting discouraged and then he makes his way downstairs to where the interrogation is happening with ron's quote-unquote wife and that's when he sees that umbridge is actually wearing the locket so what does he do but blow his cover because his apologies potion starts to fade when he starts to tell Dolores Umbridge off and say, you're telling lies, Dolores, and that's just not nice, basically is, you know, the summed up version of it. He knocks her out. They steal the locket. Then they start running through the ministry. Of course, everybody sees them. The apologies potion has worn off on all of them. They all know that they're there. They're running away, and one of the guards is chasing them and I can't remember his name I'm so sorry I don't he's not important so I didn't write his name down um they have to apparate out of the ministry of magic and they think that they are safe but the guard that was chasing them catches up to them he ends up apparating with them so then Hermione has to change the course and to throw him out of the apparition and in that process Ron gets what she says splinched So basically his arm gets like, I don't really know how to explain it. It looks like it was twisted around in like some wire and it it looks incredibly painful. And I guess it was when the apparition happened, he kind of was trying to go one way when they were going the other and it was just, you know, not good. So now Ron is in a sling and he's going to get super duper grumpy here in a second. They end up in the woods though. Just this random woods that Hermione knows and she does some protective enchantments so that the Snatchers can't find them. And Snatchers are different from Death Eaters. They're basically hunters doing Dolores' bidding or Voldemort's or whoever pays them enough money. I don't know why I keep calling her Dolores. I've noticed that it, it's Umbridge. I, she's just, she irritates me so much that I can't even say her name correctly. So sorry if that's throwing everybody off. So now that they're in these woods and they have this locket and they set up camp, they now decide to try and destroy the locket. They each take turns, nothing works. So they decide that until they can figure out how to destroy it, they are each gonna take turns wearing it. 
So Harry takes the first shift and we figure out why they take shifts. And it's because it makes you real pissy. Like it just basically makes you like you're PMSing all the time. Like you're very snappy at everything that everybody has to say to you. And once you take it off, you're good. So it's like when you're on your period, you're a bitch. And then when you get off, you might still be a bitch, but it's a little bit less. So, so like I said, that Ron's going to get real irritated here in a little bit. So they all start to get real snappy with each other because Ron keeps listening to the radio because, and you find out it's because he's trying to make sure that he doesn't hear Jenny's name, his mom's name, his brothers, his dad, anybody that's important to him. And then, you know, Harry's getting irritated because he's like, I hate listening to that. It sets me on edge, everything like that. Hermione's trying to, you know, be the middleman and trying to keep everybody happy. So it's just, it's not going well for this trio right now but harry does hear over the radio that snape has now become headmaster at hogwarts so that just also sets him on edge too and then ron starts to get jealous of harry and hermione because he sees them hanging out all the time and then he's also pissed because you know he's in a sling he really can't do anything can't travel so he knows that he's a burden to them because of that and now he thinks that Harry's trying to mack on his lady. So he's just not having a good time. But all of a sudden, Hermione remembers that the sword of Gryffindor is goblin made. And it only takes in what makes it stronger. So like it doesn't rust or basically get dirty. It just takes in whatever's going to make it stronger. So when Harry killed the basilisk in the chamber of secrets and he stabbed the basilisk with the sword of gryffindor it took in the basilisk venom which is one way to destroy horcruxes so if they can find the sword of gryffindor they can probably destroy the socket but then ron reminds them that it is stolen in his little sassy little way and he's like yeah i'm still here and i'm like bro we know we we know we we feel your angst through the screen he finally blows up on them though and he is like he's like Hermione you're you know I know that you like him da, da, da. and she's like what and she's just so confused and so is Harry and it's just it's just nonsense and then Ron decides that he's just gonna leave and he asks Hermione if she's gonna come and she doesn't and that just I think just breaks his heart and I understand that but she also knows what's at stake here and she has to stay to help Harry. And then Ron apparates. Obviously, Hermione is very upset about this. But they have to keep going. They have to move locations. And this is where we enter the Harry and Hermione movie. Because it is all about them for a hot minute. And I'm okay with it. I like Harry and Hermione. I don't like ship them together. But I love their friendship. Their platonic friendship. I think it's adorable super sweet and I would much rather watch that than him and Jenny but they have this super sweet moment where Harry tries to cheer Hermione up and they have this little like dance party but it really doesn't help her because she's in love with Ron and he's gone and there's just really nothing that can make her feel better about all that and they're just you know trudging along doing their thing and then Harry all of a sudden remembers that you know the snitch has flesh memories but he didn't catch his snitch with his hand he almost swallowed it so when he like breathed on it or like he like kind of like put his mouth on it it popped up a message that said i open at the close and i don't think we find out what that means until the next part 
but at least we have that clue. Harry then decides he wants to go to Godric's Hollow, and Hermione's a bit hesitant about it, but she also thinks that the sword might be there, so she agrees to it. But when they get there, she's like, I really wish we would have used Polyjuice Potion. He's like, no, I'm from here. I was born here. I'm not going to come here as anybody else, which I can respect. And we go to his parents' gravesite, and it's Christmas when they go here. They realize this when they get there. She's like, Harry, I think it's Christmas Eve. And I'm like, you poor sweet babies don't even know what month it is. And we also pass by Harry's house that was destroyed and where his parents died. And then we see who we think is Bathilda Bagshot. And whoever this woman is, they did amazing casting because she scares the shit out of me every time I watch this movie. She's so creepy. But they end up, they follow her to her house, which Hermione is very hesitant to do. And I I am in full agreement with her. But Harry's like, no, it's Bethilda Bagshot. Come on. I'm like, you don't know who she is. I'm like, just because you've heard her name and you heard that nosy lady talking about her doesn't mean that you know her whole life story. But whatever. We go into danger. And when we get there, she speaks parcel tongue to him, which is red flag number one for me to get the hell out of there. But no, we're totally cool with it. We stay. Um, Hermione ends up finding the book that Rita Skeeter wrote on Dumbledore. She steals it. Why wouldn't you? And then all of a sudden she's like, here's these flies. And I'm sure it stinks in that house because it looks disgusting. And I can't remember, but it, I think that what she sees surrounding the flies is Bathilda's actual body. And she's like, Harry, that is not, but like she yells at him. But before that happens, Bathilda, quote unquote, changes into Nagini. And this is why I hate snakes, y'all. Like this woman, quote unquote, turned into a snake. And it is so creepy. I just, I fast forward through it every time because I really don't like snakes. It's the same thing when I watch Return of the King. I fast forward through the Shelob parts because I don't like spiders. They just creep me out and it just ruins the time for me. (laughs) But I watched it this time when I did my rewatch and you don't really miss anything important if you skip over it. I mean, they, they fight the snake. They end up apparating out of there. And when they get back, you find out that Hermione broke Harry's wand. So, I mean, it's nothing really important. You just see that you see the book from Rita Skeeter and you see that um, Nagini was pretending to be this woman, which I, that, you know, that's, that's magic. So whatever, not even going to try and debunk that. So, like I said, Harry keeps letting Voldemort into his mind and he keeps seeing someone that he's looking for. And Ollivander told him that the one that he wants Grindelwald stole and Harry had seen a picture of Grindelwald at Bathilda's house. And we also see him in the book that Rita Skeeter wrote about Dumbledore. So I'm going to get into that just in a little bit later. But just wanted to pop that little snippet in there. So when Harry finds out that his wand is broken, he asks Hermione for hers so that he can keep watch while she goes and gets some rest. Well, while he is keeping watch, he sees a Patronus, a doe, and he follows it into the woods red flags everywhere and it leads him to a frozen pond red flags everywhere 
And then when we see at the bottom of this like pond river, I call it a pond because that's what it looks like to me, is the sword of Godric Gryffindor. Red flags everywhere. But no, Harry decides to strip down to his boxers and dive in to go get this sword, but he's still wearing the locket. So when he dives down to go get it, the locket won't let him near the sword because it can be destroyed by that sword. And so then Harry almost drowns, but all of a sudden, nope, he gets saved by who? Ron freaking Weasley is back to save the freaking day. He gets the sword, he saves Harry, and Harry's like, okay, you're going to be the one to destroy this Horcrux. And he's hesitant. He's like, Harry, I don't think this is a good idea. And he's like, then why'd you come back? He goes, this is what we're going to be doing. Either you do it or you're going to leave again. And I support that. Because you can't just leave, come back, and then not want to do the work. And so he agrees to it, and he goes, okay, well, Harry's like, I'm going to have to speak Parseltongue to it. Once it opens up, you need to destroy it. He speaks Parseltongue. All of a sudden, this big smoke cloud, whatever you want to call it, thing pops up and literally shows Ron terrible images that he is terrified of. Spiders, um... Images of Harry and Hermione kissing. Images of Harry and Hermione saying that, you know, Harry's like, oh, well, your mother preferred me as a son. Hermione said, who would want to be with you? And they could be with Harry Potter. And then it makes him mad enough that he goes and smashes the locket and breaks it. And he says it and he goes, well, three down, four to go. So they destroy this locket and they come back and Hermione sees them and she is pissed because she looks at Ron, he's like, hey. And she's like, you leave. And he, she goes, and you come back, you say, hey. And I'm like, get him, girl. Let him have it. And then he talks about how he was worried about how he wouldn't be able to find them. And Harry's like, how did you find us? And he said that it was because of the Deluminator. And apparently when he was at a pub trying to hide from some snatchers, he heard a voice coming from this Deluminator and it just said his name and it was Hermione's voice and he kept talking about this ball of light that was there to save him and it led him straight to her and he goes it just it went right through my heart and led me to you and I'm like that's sweet but I don't know if that's gonna win you any brownie points and I don't know if anybody remembers that when this came out I saw so many remixes of people making that into a song about the ball of light going right through his chest and it I can't take it seriously when I watch it because of that and Ron asks Harry he's like do you think she's ever gonna forgive me and Harry's like keep talking about that ball of light she might and then Ron also gives him a wand that he stole off a snatcher so Harry has a wand again And now that all is right in the world, our trio is back together. We get back to solving this Horcrux issue. This whole time, Hermione's been reading that Beetle and the Bard book. And she saw this grave at the cemetery where Harry's parents are buried. And then she saw it again in the book with Rita Skeeter. And it's this symbol. And she goes, I think that I need to go see Luna's dad because he's going to know what the symbol is because Harry said that he saw him wearing a necklace that he had around his neck at the wedding. So they go to Luna's house. You can just imagine this man's a little loony. 
because Luna's loony. We love her for it. But they ask him about the symbols, and he said it's the Deathly Hollows symbol. And he goes, have you ever heard the story of the three brothers? Harry, or Hermione and Ron have, Harry hasn't. So Hermione says, oh, I have it right here. It's in this Beetle and Bard book. So she reads the story of the three brothers, and I'm not going to recite it for you. You guys should all know what it is. I mean, if you've seen this movie as many times as I have, basically the moral of the story is you find out about the Elder One, the Resurrection Stone, and the Cloak of Invisibility. Together, they make up the Deathly Hollows. Together, they make one master of death. And this symbol is what led every girl to get that tattoo. I being one of those girls, I have a Deathly Hollows tattoo. Not ashamed of it. It sparked a trend. And I hopped on that trend. Not ashamed. But once they learn about the Deathly Hollows, they decide that they're going to leave. Well, Mr. Lovegood's acting a little scared off, way more off than usual. And when they try to leave, he won't let them. And it's because Luna's been kidnapped by Voldemort and they want Harry. So... When he says Voldemort, all of a sudden these Death Eaters just attack his home and they try to get Harry. Well, they end up being able to apparate back to the woods and they try to set up camp and they're going to do the enchantments. And then all of a sudden the Snatchers show up. They find them. They run. It's a very cool scene. I forgot how cool it was because it's just kind of dead silent except for their feet running and them casting spells. So it's very well done, in my opinion. It's very cool to watch. Special effects are awesome. And then all of a sudden, they catch up to them, and Hermione decides to cast a spell to try and change Harry's face. Basically, make it to look like his face is so swollen you can't see his scar. Well, even though she casts that spell, one of the Snatchers can still kind of see a little outline of his scar, so they decide to not take him to Umbridge, that they're going to take him somewhere else. And they take him to the Malfoys. But in the middle of that, all that, Harry lets Voldemort in his head again. And he sees that he found Grindelwald, I think in Azkaban. And Grindelwald tells him that the Elder One that he's looking for, which is the most powerful one in the world, and one of the Deathly Hollows, now lies with Dumbledore. But back to Harry and the trio. They take him to the Malfoys and ask Draco to identify him. And they ask, if, is this really Harry? And he's like, I, I can't tell. And I am honestly kind of proud of Draco. Like, he's been kind of terrible for most of these movies. And he doesn't step up in this movie, but he also doesn't rat them out either. He kind of realizes that, hey, these people are freaking nuts. And maybe I should be on Harry's side and help him out. So he doesn't give him up, which I appreciate of him go Malfoy one gold star for you but when they're going through all of their stuff Bellatrix sees that they have the sword and she is pissed and she wants to know how that sword got in their possession and she asks them to go get the goblin from downstairs so they take Harry and Ron downstairs to like this dungeon type area and they leave Hermione up there because Bellatrix thinks that Hermione's the one responsible for all this they bring the goblin up bellatrix is like why is this sword not in my vault at gringotts and she asks hermione the same question and after she asks hermione this question she then it's oh it's disgusting and just heartbreaking to watch 
she like with her teeth carves mud blood on her arm and you hear Hermione just scream the whole time it's ugh, it's gut-wrenching great acting on behalf of Emma Watson and Helena Bone Carter like gold stars all around but while they're in this dungeon Harry and Ron find Luna and they also find Mr. Ollivander and this whole movie Harry has been carrying around this like shard of like a mirror and he thinks he can see Dumbledore in it he doesn't know who it is that he's talking to but he looks at and he's like help us and all of a sudden here's Dobby he apparates into the into the jail or dungeon area whatever you want to call it he's like you're here to rescue us and he goes yeah and he goes wait you can apparate out of here and he goes yes of course and he then takes Luna and Mr. Ollivander Ron tells him where to go he apparates him out and he goes meet me at the top of the stairs in 10 seconds well he apparates them out then all of a sudden Wormtail is there he's in the party too I forgot to mention he comes down to the dungeon to I guess get uh Ollivander or Luna one or the other or Harry or Ron and he gets like stunned by Dobby and he's like who gets his wand and I just love Dobby he's just so great in this movie he's a perfect addition to this movie so they end up they make it back to where they all are and Ron and Harry rescue Hermione they get everybody's wands back actually Draco didn't even put up a fight when Harry went to go get their wands he just basically handed it to him after they had this big like they kind of fought and then they disarmed Harry and Ron and then when they all I'm trying to sit here and remember what happened oh I do remember Dobby because he's the best tried to um make a chandelier fall on Bellatrix and that is what made them all scatter and that's when Harry went to go grab their wands from Draco and he didn't even put up a fight because I think he's just done. I think he's just so done with his family, so done with Voldemort that he's like, please just take them. I just, I want to be done with the situation. <laughs> so this is where we get the famous speech from Dobby because Bellatrix says, you tried to kill me. And he goes, no, I only meant to disarm or maim. And he talks about how, um, or sorry, she tells him that he shouldn't talk to a witch that way or disarm her or anything like that and he goes well Dobby is a free elf Dobby doesn't have a master Dobby is here to help Harry Potter and he tries to apparate them out and at that same time Bellatrix throws a knife and it makes its way into the apparition and you think everyone's okay because everyone that you see is fine and then all of a sudden you hear Harry Potter and you see Dobby just like hunched over and Harry runs over to him pulls the knife out of him and he's bleeding and it's and Dobby is dying and it still gets me I when I watched this movie last night I caught myself crying because he, it, he I'm fine until he says this place is a is a good place to be with friends a good place to like it talks about being with Harry Potter and I'm just like oh Dobby because he's just so precious and he just wants to help and that's all he ever wanted to do even though he did some really terrible things in the second movie to try and get Harry not to go back to Hogwarts. He still just, all he wanted to do was help. That's all he wanted to do. And oh, breaks my heart every single time. And then Harry's like, I want to bury him without any magic. And they do. And it's, oh, just, oh, my heart just sinks. Um, they end up at the, at a beach, by the way. I don't think I said that. Um, 
you find out in the we found out in the second part that it's actually Bill and Fleur's house, but I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil that for you. It's Bill and Fleur's house. They live on this beautiful cottage at the beach. Um to end this movie though, like I said, Grindelwald told Voldemort that the Elder Wand lies with Dumbledore. So the only way that you're gonna get this wand is if you go tomb raiding, which is what he does. And he cracks his whole tomb and cracks everything. I mean, he like is standing over a dead Dumbledore and heebie-jeebies all over. Steals the wand and the very last shot, it's so cool. It's just him casting a spell up into the sky. It's just a straight shot and it is beautiful. It's bad. I know it's bad, but it's still, it's a beautiful shot. That's what I'm getting at. (laughs) And that would be the conclusion of Deathly Hollows part one. This movie, I do like this movie, but I also forget how slow it is. I feel like it is a filler movie. Like, you do get some important parts, and it is important for us to see them destroy a Horcrux, but I also feel like we spend a whole movie on one Horcrux, and then you spend the next part trying to get the rest of them, and it feels very fast-paced, which is fine. That's how it should be. But at the same time, you're like, I kind of wish we would have dived in a little bit more on part one because this one just feels like, hey, this is a setup for what's about to happen, which I guess was their plan. But also at the same time, I felt a little bored in some parts. And then in the second part, you're like, oh my God, I wanted more of this. I wanted this to kind of slow down so that I could take this all in. But uh, I will get into that next week. As always, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be back at it on June 17th with the final part of this series, Deathly Hollows Part 2. And I am so excited, but also I'm so sad that this is coming to an end because I just love these movies, but I am so excited to talk about this final movie with you guys. So until then, you guys should go to my TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, follow at Movie Theater Mom so you can see what's going on and coming up. And also go give me a follow. I would really appreciate it just as much as I appreciate you guys listening to me to listening to me ramble on today. I'm gonna get it out eventually. But yeah, until next time, see you later. Mm-hmm.